0: My name is Sherry Leed. I am 50 years old, a wife, a mother, an attorney, a life coach, an author, an adoptee, a double hip replacement recipient, and a breast cancer survivor. I am a woman who lives a life filled with joy. There have been a few times in my life when my life changed overnight. Honestly, every time my life has changed suddenly, literally overnight, it has made my life amazing. Not immediately, but eventually. When I look back at how these moments of sudden change have forced me to regroup, to gather my strength, and to find the opportunity or the light in the darkness, I realize that these challenging moments propelled me to something beyond my plan or even my wildest dreams. It was January 1992, a month after my 22nd birthday. I was in my last year at the University of Washington, planning to graduate with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Psychology at the end of the quarter before moving on to law school. I was a few months ahead of schedule, planning to finish all of my credit requirements a quarter early. In addition to finishing college, I was working full-time as a TDD Relay Operator. TDD stands for Telecommunication Device for the Deaf. This was well before email and text messaging. I was the voice for the deaf and hearing impaired as they typed messages across a TDD screen, which I would read in the headset to the hearing. I was a typist for the hearing who would then respond in voice and I would type out the responses across the TDD. I worked the graveyard shift, able to study at work when I was not on on a call. I then attended early morning classes right after my shift ended and got a few hours of sleep during the day. This was a schedule that I can't imagine carrying right now. But it was a schedule that was easy for a then-22-year-old who naively believed that life traveled in a straight line. This was a crisp January day. The sun was shining, and like we enjoy saying in the Pacific Northwest, Mount Rainier was out. That means that the air was clear, visibility was perfect. It was a normal day for me. After my graveyard shift, I attended my college classes. And then after classes, I decided to run some errands. You know, at the time, I owned a little red two-seater 1987 Honda CRX. I absolutely loved that car. I finished my errands, my last errand being um, a trip to the car wash and then proceeded towards home. I was driving down a 50-mile-per-hour highway, sunroof open, music on, life was good. It was a four-lane highway with two lanes traveling in either direction. I was on the inner lane traveling southbound. A 74-year-old woman in a Mazda 929, which was a larger sedan, was traveling northbound. For reasons still unknown, she crossed the center line. We hit head-on at a combined speed of well over 100 miles per hour. My car, the car I loved, was manufactured before the law required mandatory airbags, so mine had none. While my car suddenly hit resistance and came to a relatively quick stop, my body continued violently forward. My body hit the steering wheel at such a force that cracked the steering wheel in half. My head hit the driver's side window, breaking out the glass. My legs propelled forward into the base of the car. Both ankles were broken my right ankle being the worst, crushed in the accident. The fire department, medics, and law enforcement arrived at the scene. The jaws of life were used to cut me out of the car. I was in bad, bad shape. I was going in and out of consciousness at the scene of the accident, able at one point to give my parents' phone number to the responders. My parents were called and rushed to the hospital, which was closest to the car accident scene. They arrived at the hospital and found that while the other driver was admitted to the hospital, I was not there. The hospital staff assisted my frantic parents as they tried to locate me. They finally were able to tell them that I was transported to Harborview Medical Center in Seattle, a trauma one hospital. When my parents heard that I had been taken to Harborview, they knew that I was badly hurt. As a parent now, when I think back to this moment for them, it makes me emotional. I get goosebumps. I can't imagine being in their shoes. They eventually arrived at Harborview just in time to see me on a gurney being wheeled into surgery. My body was broken glass was embedded in my face. My facial lacerations from all of the glass was so bad that my initial stay at the hospital was on the burn unit because my cuts required attention from the skilled plastic surgeons, the skilled doctors and nurses in that unit. I had a closed head injury. My eyes were swollen shut, requiring stitches on both eyelids that were damaged by the glass in the accident. The following week I would be transferred to the orthopedic unit of the hospital. While in the hospital, I went through the experience, an experience similar to the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. The first three stages I flew through pretty quickly and then I landed on depression. At 22 years of age, a time when I was very much focused on my outward appearance, lying in bed with grotesque stitches across the bridge of my nose to cut close a half-inch gap, stitches on both eyelids and stitches on my left cheek that looked like it went through a meat grinder. I felt lost. I felt maimed. I felt ugly. For several days straight, I just laid in my bed and cried. The sadness was so heavy, I can still feel it when I allow my mind to wander back to that time. I cried so much that I overheard my hospital room roommate, who was an elderly woman, tell her visitors that she was having trouble sleeping because I was crying all day and all night. There was an evening janitor at the hospital, an older man, Or at least he seemed older to me at the time. You know, looking back at it, he was probably my age now. He was an immigrant. I recognized that by the accent in his voice when he would come in in the evenings and say a small hello as he mopped the floors and emptied the trash cans. Then one evening, in the midst of my despair, the janitor looked at me. He looked directly at me and he said, It will be okay. You will be okay. You will be better. He told me that faces heal nicely and that I was in the best hands, that the doctors at the hospital were the best in Seattle. He told me that I would actually be better after all of this. And somehow I knew that he simply wasn't talking about my appearance or my scars when he said that I would be better for this. I knew that he was talking about who I was as a person. The janitor knew. The older immigrant janitor knew that hardships make us better. And honestly, he was an angel, an angel sent from heaven. I was able to come out of my darkness and gain perspective. I focused on becoming physically and mentally strong and I began to look for the lessons in my experience. His words kept me going, not only through those next three years of healing from the car accident, but those words have carried me through a number of hardships in my life, including a diagnosis of breast cancer three years ago at age 47. He was right. No matter what, I know I will be okay. Hardships make us stronger. They teach us who we are, and often, if we let it, they lead us to the best destinations. While I had to drop out of my classes that quarter at the University of Washington, I was able to resume classes the following quarter through their Disabled Student Service Department. At least that is what it was called at the time. I was wheelchair bound. And during that time, I met students who were, all, who were also part of that disabled students department. Students who I had seen on campus prior to my accident, but never spoke to or knew their stories. Over that college quarter, I made friends with students in this department and I learned their stories. It was eye opening to me. I learned to see people for who they were on the inside, rather than based on their outwardly appearance, the appearance that I was focusing on prior to my car accident. I credit this experience for bringing me deep, rich friendships throughout my lifetime. I learned how to listen and look for the common story with everyone I meet. I became a better person. Knowing this, that I will be okay and opportunity exists even in the darkest moments, allows me to live each day with joy. I share this message from the hospital janitor with my life coaching clients, and now with you. During times of difficulty, whether it be divorce, elderly parents, raising kids, or work struggles, you will be okay, and not just okay, but you will grow from the experience and you can find the opportunity beyond your wildest dreams. From sharing my story with you in this very intentional manner, and not simply as a passing story that happens to pop up in conversation from time to time, I learned even greater gratitude for my life journey. I can clearly see how this experience at age 22 set the tone for the rest of my life allowing me to find perspective when things have gotten tough and taught me that obstacles bring opportunities. My biggest dream is that my legacy, what I am remembered for, is to be remembered as someone who always listened and someone who was able to find the common story with everyone that she met. And through that, my hope is that everyone I meet feels that their life was enriched because of me. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.